I.J. Gupta is no longer a fugitive from justice. The National Prosecuting Authority, NPA, has confirmed the arrest warrants against him for corruption has been cancelled. This means he can return to um, SA without fear of arrest. We reached out to both the NPA and the Hawks for further clarity on the matter, but they each passed the buck back to each other. The Hawks are referring us to the NPA, and the NPA said, speak to the Hawks. Well, for reaction to this development, and also, like I said earlier, hopefully for some inside information, because we always expect uh, the founder of Forensics for Justice, Paula Sullivan, to have some of that. Uh, he, he joins us on the line. Paul, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Oh, good afternoon, and uh, also to your listeners. First of all, there's a bit of confusion about this, and clearly the NPA and the Hawks aren't saying anything about this. Are you surprised that the NPA ended up having to do this in terms of withdrawing um, this warrant? Uh, No, not at all surprised. Um, The warrant was rashly issued in the first instance. They're focusing on the wrong issues deliberately. So if you ask me, uh, in fact, I wrote to uh, Shamila Batohi, uh, this week, and I pointed out to her that although she is in charge of the NPA now, she's not in control of the NPA. And the same applies to the Hawks. So both the Hawks and the NPA were captured. The capture, we can trace it back to 2012 when the process started. And just because the leaders of those organizations have been sent packing, unfortunately, the capture will not uh, be undone until the people that those leaders appointed have been sent packing. So you have this diabolical situation now where despite Sean Abrahams and, and Clemens uh, having been gotten rid of, they were unlawfully appointed in the first place, um, during their term of office, they appointed what I can best describe as a number of sleeper cells. And those sleeper cells are now active, and their mission in life is to protect all the criminals, including themselves. Paul, you, uh, you know, at the time that um, these warrants went out, you actually put some money up um, to help gain information. What is the, clearly you believed that there was something that they could answer for. So. Take us through why you think it was irrational then. Why did you then back that? Well, at at the time, I thought the Hawks were doing their job. I now realize that, in fact, what they were doing at the time uh, was they were acting too quickly on the wrong cases. So they were chasing the Astina case. There's prima facie evidence on other cases which are not as complex as the Astina case. You know, um, I've been investigating crime for more than 40 years, and uh, one makes these mistakes from time to time. You know, in my junior years, I used to arrest people and spend three months writing a charge sheet and charge them with 1,800 offenses. And then I realized, well, hang on a second, you know, the sentence would be the same if I only charged them with 10 offenses. So what the Hawks and the NPA need to start doing, and they're not doing, probably deliberately, is they need to start going for the low-hanging fruit. And there's plenty of it out there. Right. Which low-hanging fruit should they be going after, and can that then be traced up to I.J. Gupta? Well, I, I don't want to focus on uh, A.J. Gupta per se. Um, I think the whole of the Gupta family needs to be dragged in. Um, but one only needs to look at the conduct of the Gupta family and their lieutenants in respect of Transnet and ESCOM 
to see that there's a minefield of prima facie evidence. Uh, and without talking to the merits of the case, because if I do, we'll be here all day, um, I can assure you there is ample evidence, and all they have to do is single out the clean evidence, the evidence which, which will work in a court of law, and go and charge them on that. And the problem we have at the moment is there's a lack of focus. So, I mean, for example, somebody said to me the other day, oh, this aggressive thing will provide lots of evidence. Um, you know, they can go and arrest lots of people. And I said, well, they won't. And the reason they won't is because half of what Agresi stated under oath at the uh, Zondo Commission was hearsay. Of that, a portion of it was factually incorrect. And if you have a person who's himself engaged in criminal activity and you're going to use him as your prime witness, you're not really going to get far with your trial. Um, we've only got to look at the murder trial of Brett Kebble to see that. So you have this situation where there's a, a complete lack of focus. There is new leadership in the NPA, and I have absolutely no doubt that that new leadership will start cracking the whip. But you have to remember, she's only been in office a couple of weeks. Mm. So I suppose if, if one looks to, what, April or May of this year, I hope that we will see some of those sleeper cells either suspended or fired. Paul, you sent an email uh, to Tory Pretorius, uh, CC'd a whole bunch of other officials and people nine days ago on the 6th of February, which you, you, you make a lot of, well, charges, allegations against uh, certain members within the MPA, within the politicized criminal litigation unit. I understand you copied the president's office, the, the DA and the EFF with that. Look, this is quite an inflammatory email. Uh, obviously, you'd agree with me on that. Have you had any response? Now, you see, the problem is they can't respond because if they do respond, they're going to have to admit their role. Now, Tory Pretorius was the acting head of the so-called Priority Crimes Litigation Unit. We call it the politicized criminal litigation unit because it's completely controlled by uh, criminals who, who masquerade as politicians. So you have this situation where Tory Pretorius, for several years now, has been assisting Sean Abrahams to hide away the cases containing prima facie evidence. And I'm just looking, if you go onto the Forensics for Justice website, you'll see a plethora of dockets that we've opened over the last five years, implicating people like Lucky Montana, Dudu Mayeni, Jacob Zuma, uh, and many, many others. And when you look at those dockets, the dockets themselves contain prima facie evidence. And not only did Tory Pretorius assist Sean Abrahams in covering up all of those dockets, not one of those dockets has been brought forward for anybody to be prosecuted, deliberately so. Paul, Paul O'Sullivan, unfortunately we're going to have to leave it there with Paul O'Sullivan, who is, uh, the, um, of course, a forensic investigator. Uh, look up their website and uh, you can find the information he includes in this letter which he sent to Tory Pretorius and also copied the presidency as yet no response to that uh, making serious charges about the existence of sleeper cells which remain behind in both the NPA and also at the Hawks to continue doing the sleazy dirty work